This is a HeadGum Podcast. While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. everybody welcome to overdue it's a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read my name is craig my name andrew and this one's not about a book at all it's <laughs> no <laughs> oh no somebody Lindsay in the chat hi Lindsay. andrew when's the baby die well hopefully in like 85 years <laughs> it's a typo for do oh boy Starting the show off with a showstopper, am I right? The baby will die in 37 years fighting over potable water. How yeah. That? How's that for an answer? That's a good one. <laughs> so if you haven't guessed, this is a question and answer episode um, where we are going to be taking questions oh, from oh our, our Patreon chat, uh, as well as some questions that folks submitted ahead of time. So uh, there's a chance that there's an overlap there, but we, we have some questions to pull from. Um, we've <laughs> done... <laughs> oh, no. Uh, we've pulled one or two... We've done one or two of these before, Andrew. Two of them. Um, it's, and... a, it's a precise number. You don't have to guess. We did two. Yeah. This... It's like one in two parts. It's a it's a four hour movie is what we did. Mm, that's true. It's a um, series. <laughs> and uh, with Andrew's pending child, we thought that we would do one of these again because it doesn't require reading a book ahead of time. And also in the last year, we've gotten like a lot of new listeners, um, folks who found us on Spotify or folks who came in during the Twilight episodes, which we I think we've done all of since the last yeah, Q and A. Yeah. Um, Either that or our old listeners have, uh, are really juicing the stats, really just downloading every episode multiple times. Hey, I'll take it. Yeah, That's fine either way, me. numbers go up. So Now, Andrew, <laughs> my first question is not really a question. More of a comment than a question. It's more of a comment than a question. It comes <laughs> Good, in great. from OCD Austin, which I think might be a robot. And it says, good evening, Overdue Podcast. There isn't a topic more divisive and ridiculed than the flat earth theory. According to a Forbes magazine article, only two-thirds of American millennials believe the earth is round. And then there's a bunch of HTML that I presume is either a virus or an image of the flat earth. Andrew, two-thirds of millennials believe the earth is round. <laughs> That's what they're pitching. Yeah. That Only seems slow. A significant majority of millennials believe the Earth is round. Your thoughts? It is the most divisive Two-thir- theory of our age. It's true. Wow. Okay. I would have gone for like vaccines or something, but. <laughs> do you want to start us off with a real question, Andrew? Sure, I can do that. Let's let's see. Where do we want to? Let's let's just start. Let's go with a go with the easy one. Sure. Uh, from Charlotte. Firstly. Andrew, how is your cat doing? How is your cat doing? He's doing fine. He's nine years old. And is he that he's old? Getting, he's that old. We got him in 2010. He was 11 weeks old, and his birthday is in April sometime. 
Uh, he's been getting a little grumpy in his old age. Uh-huh. Uh, there was a contractor who came over a couple weeks ago, and he just fully flipped out and cut my hand all the way open. Mm. And every baby he's ever met, he has hissed at and walked away from. So just not sure. You know, we're just gonna we're gonna take it a day at a time with the baby thing. Hmm. But mostly he's fine. Is it? In my brain, Newman's been five years old for ever. Like he just stopped. It's one of the you know when you like you meet someone when they're a certain age and you just kind of assume they're that age for a long time. Sure, like uh, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, exactly. Your cat is like Keanu Reeves. Everyone wants to see your cat in their favorite new movie coming to Netflix. Yeah, he's having kind of a kind of a mid to late career resurgence. <laughs> I would say your same cat as my is, cat. Yeah, your cat is doing that. All right, so I answered one. Great. Uh, I can't. I mean, I've met, I've seen your cat recently. I think he's doing fine. Yeah, popcorn, Craig. Um. Are there this one from Taryn on Twitter? Um, are there any genres or movements of literature you'd like to read more of, but haven't gotten the chance for the podcast or books by writers from specific countries? Is there a a style or a uh, like genre of book you'd like us to do more of, Andrew, or that we've just kind of avoided for whatever reason? I mean, we don't do a lot of nonfiction because we know that it's hard to do it for the show, but I do miss nonfiction. Sure. I, did, I was at, I was in San Francisco for a wedding a little while ago and I went to City Lights, the big bookstore there, and, um, and I bought a big book about Chernobyl and I'm like two episodes into that miniseries and it's really good. I'm going to watch that too. But, uh, and I've read like seven pages of it, and I'm probably not going to have time to read the rest of it until I have a baby, which tells you something about how much time I think I'm going to have when I've got a baby. I just know that you're going to like find a thing to pour your attention into the, in the precious moments when your baby is asleep. That is yeah. not work. That is probably just mostly Andrew. the baby will be. Well, yeah, <laughs> probably mostly the baby. So, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty broad, but uh, yeah, nonfiction's good, and I, I don't uh, don't get to make a lot of room for it because I have to like, it's in it. And we got another question that we can answer a little bit later about how we make time, but making time for more books on top of the show books has, has, has always been difficult. And I think we've talked about that a little bit. Yeah. 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 I know that, uh, I'm eager for us to do more Russian writers. Cause when we've gotten a lot of feedback about that recently and some good recommendations, I just think some of them are just big and imposing, and so we've kind of avoided them. Um, I also think I would love to do, like, the romance of the Three Kingdoms or something, like, seminal from Chinese literature or uh, something from Japanese literature that I don't even know that I have to do some more research on, like historical canon stuff that I just don't, don't know those. So, you know, folks could always recommend those to us um but uh i think that's one that i would like to do do more of um have you seen any in the chat andrew oh we've seen tale of genji that's that gabby recommends in the chat that's that's true we should maybe get to that um graham says craig's going to get real confused real fast when this baby doubles in size every few weeks and i is the implication that my baby is going to have jack disease (laughs) because if so i think that's really insensitive (laughs) To people with jack disease is that the rate at which they grow i don't know it's isn't it like one year for like four years for everyone or something sure 
Yeah. I thought you were just talking about dog ears for a no, second. No, I was talking about the Jack, the movie Jack. With oh, yes, 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 uh, yes, yes, yes. Next yes. question. Let's see here. Grace asks, has doing the show together caused issues with your friendship? I know you've been doing it for a while now, but has it ever negatively impacted your friendship? Or on the flip side, has it made you stronger friends? Craig and I have strictly a professional relationship outside of the podcast these days. Completely. (laughs) That's not true. We hang out. This this is a funny, I'm making a funny joke. Oh, well, I mean, when we hang out, I'm only doing it for professional reasons. I'm working you. Oh, sure, right. You're just trying to get podcast out of me trying to get that promotion (laughs) within our podcast i know one of these days you're gonna get it Mm -hmm. you're gonna give it to me Mm -hmm. um there's not a lot of room to move up in this organization unfortunately Uh which is one of my main issues with it Uh uh-oh um i don't know have we ever i I feel like it's the same i think our our dynamic was established before like yes. in, I don't know if it was fully established in college, but definitely we worked on a couple of other smaller things that nobody paid any attention to, but did s- establish a work dynamic between the two of us where we basically can always talk our way to agreeing on whatever the thing is. Mm-hmm. Sometimes learned- when we conflict, like especially with communication with the outside world. Yes. Or with uh, litigious... <laughs> children's book companies that contact you sometimes uh i don't know what you're I talking will, about i will be very I, i'll be like upset and i want to be upset and i'll be mad at you for not letting me be upset mm-hmm. but then later i'll come back and i'll be like yes craig was right to not let me be as upset <laughs> as i wanted to be <laughs> and i will be the one going we shouldn't say that we need to be calm and then, but you will be the one actually advancing our arguments for what we should, in fact, be upset about. <laughs> so, you know, there's a good push and pull there. And as for just like our general friendship, um, it's not a bad thing to own a business with your best friend because then you have a legal reason to stay best friends. <laughs> 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 we did go through this whole thing and we update it like every year or so. But when we um, became an LLC in Pennsylvania, like three years yeah, ago, or something, something like, like that, that, we did, they did recommend, you know, when friends get into business together, things can go south. And so they recommended like doing, doing up this big mutual agreement and talking about stuff like what if one of us dies or becomes incapacitated or wants to walk away? Like what happens if we launch some like side project or subsidiary project and who gets what share of what and it was weird to think about but you do it you do it when it doesn't seem like you need it so if you do need it it's there it's all there it was all very theoretical to think about and a lot of a lot of thoughts about what laura and Susanna would have to do with the podcast with our decaying empire when we inevitably die in a helicopter accident yeah and (laughs) me thinking about what they would do is funny to me because I have no idea. <laughs> I just don't know. I just don't know how they would carry on our legacy or care to. Well, they left behind two dozen choose your own adventure books and eight hundred dollars. <laughs> what did we do with all of this? Um, Brian from the chat asks: Is there going to be a live show this summer? No, there's going <laughs> to be a baby. They did. I, I would have. I swear to God, like if they if they'd done it even two weeks before they did in July, I would have tried to commit us yes. to uh, to Philly Podfest, but they'd scheduled it like within 
days of the due date. And Correct. I was like, you know what? I bet I shouldn't. Yeah, I last year shouldn't. it was earlier, I think. Um, it was either earlier or later. I don't remember. So we we were able. I think I, it's it's been in Augustish in in the past, and now yeah. they're doing a little bit earlier. But um, so yeah, I don't know when we will get to do another live show. We're kind of just waiting to see what Andrew is like as a dad. And, yeah, I seriously and, am. Just like I'm trying really hard not to commit myself to literally anything because I have no idea. I just have no idea what how much time I'll have. Yes. Will the birth be live streamed on this channel? Asks Albie. Whoa. Going to have to ask Susanna. <laughs> I do think there's going to be a lot of asking Susanna in our future as a podcast in terms of just like not presuming that Andrew just gets to make content whenever he wants. So yeah. like, I mean, I was already told in no uncertain terms that I know you're not allowed to start any more podcasts. Oh no. So. <laughs> oh no. That brings me to a question. Um, that I want to bring up, Andrew, because it does talk about your other podcast, or it, it does get us there. Oh, I think I know which one you mean, and I was very happy with this question. This is an email from Allegra. <laughs> Thank you, Allegra. Um, says that she's excited about the Q&A episodes. Um, and the one question that I know we have time for. I've been binging through the back catalog over a few months, so my perception of the overdue timeline is accelerated and gives me a different perspective than living it over several years. It's a good observation that a lot of our like newer listeners point out, which is kind of fun. Um, is Andrew aware of how often he references the hit TV show Bones? This is not meant to be shade. I think it's hilarious. Do you know how often? Oh, Allegra's in the chat. Hey, Allegra. Do you hey, know Allegra. how often you talk about Bones, Andrew? I'm I'm aware of how often I talk about Bones. In fact, so the, the other podcast I do, Appointment Television, atvpodcast.com. It's about TV. Uh, I do it with Margaret Willison and uh, Vultures Catherine Van Arendong. Vultures Catherine Van Arendong. On loan from Vulture. Um, our, and I talk, we talk about it. And this is something that Catherine and I both picked up in each other and then like amplify <laughs> that's always how it goes that's always how it goes um but we talk about bones a lot i can't tell you why because i'm not sure but our 200th episode which posts as we record this it posts like exactly two weeks from today is the first episode of a joke podcast that we came up with called the bones zone where we watch <laughs> and talk about every episode of the show bones one at a time Hmm. And we calculated it, and it would take us about five years to do the entire show Bones sure. in a podcast. So, and wait, can you? What was the show that you that this is going to be the two hundredth episode of again? Appointment Television. I've never heard of it. Uh, um, you know, ATVPodcast.com has a lot of information. All right, I mean, go to make sure that you go to our website first. We need the traffic. Please, head yeah. There first. So that's a, I don't know what I, when I first watched Bones when I was but a young man. It was like twenty ten. My wife had watched a lot of Bones. My wife, and <laughs> my wife, and I my didn't, Bones watching one, and I, and I didn't have a lot of like friends or projects at the time, so I just watched a lot of Bones. Uh huh. Um. Oh, Andrew. Before you add, ask your next question. Gloria in the chat asks, "What's the most creative way you killed an enemy in D and D?" Um. Ooh. Do you also want to talk about the time that you killed me, just very easily? In our like first or second <laughs> session with a now defunct campaign, I wrote this entire campaign. Man, there were maps. There was a backstory. Every <laughs> character had their own little arc that we were gonna get to do. It was gonna be this huge thing, but it's so hard to get people together, which is too bad. 
Um, but it was a party of like five or six people. Yeah, multiple so streams going on. It was it was a lot of people, and so when I designed the the battles and stuff, I used like fairly high leveled monsters, so it would be a like relatively high leveled, so it would be a challenge, and it would feel because nothing is more boring than a D and D battle where you are just rolling dice at something yeah. that has no chance of killing you. Um, and yeah, it charged a Craig, and it landed a critical hit, and it completely murdered his character not like not unconscious but like the rule in D&D where if you like if if you would be hit so hard that it would like take you down into the minus zone yep. for like half of your max HP or whatever it was, then your character is dead forever. It's like turned and, into bits. And then I did this whole thing where there was like this three episode arc where Craig's character was dead, but then they brought him back and he had, he was going to have all these like zombie powers and yeah. stuff that I gave him. And then we never played again. Never again. It was my greatest fictional work and it's just, it's ruined forever now. <laughs> Uh, why don't you hit us with another question, Andrew? This was fifth edition spin in yes. the chat. Another yep. question. Craig, one thing I share with you, this is from Hannah. Mm. One thing I share with you is a love of the theater. The theater. <laughs> I would enjoy knowing a little more about how you came to that. Was there a play that really influenced you or a role that shaped you? What is your favorite genre? Do you have a theater goal? Huh. Interest. Do I have a theater goal? A theater goal. I don't know if I have a theater goal. Um, I got into the theater. Okay, I think I've talked about this on air, but one of my earliest roles was as a narrator in the hit children's musical Frankly Franklin, a biography <laughs> of Benjamin Franklin. And Philadelphia, what a dumb city. So, but so I did that, and then uh, I spent a couple years away from the theater in middle school. Didn't think it was super cool. Was secretly a little jealous of my friends who were doing plays, um, but I was not in them. And then in high school, I auditioned for and got into the into the chorus of the production of Damn Yankees, which was well, it's a clean podcast. Oops, sorry. Those dang Yankees. Why can't we <laughs> beat you. them? Um. And then I I think the first play I remember studying in a class and really liking was The Zoo Story by Edward Albee. Um, and then like we did a production of it and my friend was my friend was in it and I really liked it. Um, and then I was like doing some summer shows and the there was a Lanford Wilson play called Book of Days that I got to be in with some actual professional actors. And that was the summer after my senior year of high school. And I was like, I think I'm going to go I think I'm going to do theater in college. Um, and the rest is history. Uh, Andrew has seen me in a weird beaver play. I saw you in a play where you had to wear a big cloth diaper. It wasn't a for diaper. Like half an it, was, hour. it was a top sheet of a bed that it was I a had big cloth diaper wrapped around my body. Um, <laughs> I also had to spend the first, the 30 minutes prior to the show on that bed under a blanket mm-hmm. and there was one performance where i really had to pee and it was you should have just peed in the diaper <laughs> it was it wasn't a real diaper <laughs> um, what i found out as somebody who owns a bunch of diapers now is that when some of them get wet you they like have like a blue stripe or something that changes color so everybody would have been able to tell interesting everyone would have seen the blue stripe um answering the rest of hannah's question real quick um 
I really like theater that is very aware that it is theater and does stuff that you can't like do in a movie. I really like all the work by Sarah Rule and a role that shaped me. I got to play the chorus in a production of Ennui's Antigone in college that I really liked. It's mostly just talking to the audience, which basically is podcasting. So (laughs) there you go. Um, Would, hmm, let me find another question. Do we have any from the chat real quick? Maybe not. Once you pee in it, doesn't it make it a diaper? Hmm. Is a follow-up from Spin in the chat. What do you think about that? Once you pee in it, doesn't doesn't it make it a diaper? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess... Think what, he, what he's saying is that anything's a diaper if you believe in yourself. <laughs> <laughs> if you pee in it, it become diaper. Mm-hmm. Um, what, Graham asks, what's your favorite kind of onion? Shallot. Simple. Shallots are just little weird red onions. You gotta go yeah. green onion because those the uh, the white bottoms and the green tops are basically two different vegetables, and you get to use them in different ways. Huh? I make That's... a fun, I make a breakfast pizza. It's a versatile onion, is what you're I'm, saying. Yeah, it's a very it's a versatile onion. I, there's a breakfast pizza I make where I put the white onions on the pizza, and then they bake with it, and then the green bits go on top after. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sounds delicious. I like shallots. I would cook them in butter with green beans, uh, and then you pour a bunch of tarragon on it. It is delicious. Tarragon is secretly the best flavoring. Andrew from Holly, are there any episodes you'd like to revisit or re-record? What would you change about them? The first 40, (laughs) and I would make them sound good and i would make the content be good too (laughs) what what would you do okay so i get the audio thing because we were using usb rock band mics for way too long we sure were so the sound just kind of rattles around in that plastic case and we were so and we were so proud of ourselves (laughs) for not using our like our webcam mics (laughs) and recording the skype call we're like man we're we're doing it right yeah professional audio engineers over here what would you change about the content though i mean i i don't think we were i i don't know that we were necessarily doing them for uh, an audience other than ourselves at Mm. at, at first yeah that's Um, certainly changed the show we definitely started doing a lot more research not just on the authors but in the uh, on the context of, of the books which i think helps us come to a slightly deeper or more nuanced understanding of, of sure. the work. And just on a personal note, like my, the first book I read for the show was episode two, which was love in the time of cholera. And I like finished it. And then I put the book down and then I dialed you up on Skype or, or whatever. And we recorded it. So I was like, I, I was not, I was not prepared for that book. If I was, I guess if I had to pick one, it would be that one. And I would just do it better having done like 300 something episodes of the show. Sure, 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 sure. I would, I don't know that I like really want to go back and re-record it, but we did get some messages uh, in response to our Gravity's Rainbow episode where folks were like, oh, you really didn't give that the time it deserves. It's this big honking book that has a lot of stuff going on. And I think at the time... I talked. I tried to talk a lot about how, like, maybe Infinite Jest is the only big fat book like that I can fit in my life. <laughs> like, it's just got a lot, and it's very uh, messy, and means a lot to a lot of different people. And I just think, like, 
if I were to do that book again, I would be like, hey, Andrew, what if we do a supersize episode and I like talk for an extra half hour? Mm-hmm. Um, I just what that was a hard one for me to wrap my brain and heart around. Um, and I feel like I let some people down, but I stand by what I didn't like about that book. So miss me. I don't know if it, I don't know if it ended up on the list, but somebody asked on Twitter, um, what's the Patreon t- tier for you just read the book that we say, and then you say <laughs> that you liked it. <laughs> you just say that you liked it. Like a one minute episode. Like, Hey, I read uh, this book. It was a good one. Yeah. Uh, $500. Thank you. Next question. Um, <laughs> Uh, just catching up in the chat. How many books are currently in the request queue? You manage that mostly. It so is what we got, like three dozen or something like that. Uh, pushing fifty right now. Okay. Um, and how far? What is the oldest recommendation on that list? Let's just ooh. drag ourselves in front of everyone. Let me pull it up. Do you have another chat question to answer while I pull this up? Uh, let's see. I recent, this is from Audrey. I recently listened to the infinite just episode. Just curious if you ever went back and read the beginning again, I'm reading it now for the first time after listening to that episode. I did not do that partly because who has the time, but also partly because I have a way of, and, and this is as somebody who just did a complete reread of the entire wheel of time series this year. If I'd start something, I have a way of getting sucked into it and then just finishing it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you did read all those books. Speaking sure of did. books that you read in your spare time. <laughs> sure did. Um, we have three books from the end of 2017 on that list. Oh, only three from 2017. That's actually yes. fewer than I thought we had. <laughs> yes, and they are all tentatively scheduled in this calendar year. Um, and then some more from like the summer of 18 um, as well. So know that like... It's going. It's taking its time. I we've don't. Talked take... a, we've talked a couple times about instituting a length cap on on recommendations because that is not all of why it's taken us so long, but it's a lot of why. S- certainly, and I and especially I have... after after the baby is here, I think you know you just use that baby as an excuse to get out all <laughs> kinds of stuff. So, <laughs> if you are a newer donor at the seven dollar level, you depending on what book you recommended, I may have messaged you back and said like, hey maybe suggest a second one just in case we want to do something shorter um and also uh i have never taken a book off if someone has like ceased their donation like if they have made the donation it goes on the list and we hit it so right and even if we do have a have a length cap like anything that's on the list now will stay on the list it's just yes. yeah it totally. does feel like it feels very sisyphean at this point <laughs> <laughs> that's true that is very true Sarah um, says, I just submitted a request last month, so I'm assuming it may be read in a couple years. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No That's comment. Fair. No comment. Um, Andrew, this is from Addy, who sent us an email. I was just wondering if you guys have any specific pre-show rituals that you follow. What gets you in the overdue mood? What gets you in the overdue mood, Andrew? <sighs> Drink a beer. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's real. Drink a beer, open up Wikipedia. Research starts with Wikipedia. It does not. I'd I try to never let it end with Wikipedia. Usually I will either try and find a review of the book or or an interview with the author or even just like their author page. And author websites are true. It's truly a spectrum of professionalism going all the way from like modern Squarespace stuff with big high resolution photos to 
like welcome to my geo cities the site is under construction (laughs) (laughs) um i think my ritual that i like to do before a show is when we talk about how short an episode's gonna be and we say hey it's okay if this is a short one that's my favorite thing to do to get into the mood oh yeah yeah this is gonna be a short one as a classic overdue (laughs) ritual at this point um emma asks in the chat if uh why middlemarch happened so soon sometimes we find a book separately from the list that fits the schedule and then it happens to be a recommendation i believe that's what happened with middlemarch um and we are also like always kind of trying to be cognizant of how books fit into schedules and if it's a lesser known book we try to put it in a month with books that people will know because we are always trying to kind of balance out people's experience of the show um and yes andrew a short one usually means about an hour instead of 75 minutes uh which happens all the time do you have another question that you want to answer uh let's see do we want to do like a fun one yeah we talked about books for a while i got us back on book train after like talking about onions so like let me know (laughs) what else you want to talk about (laughs) um at toy christopher on twitter asks what kind of fitness routine do you do to be able to read so many books and i think we got a couple more didn't we get another question about about uh how you make the time or whatever i'm scrolling through the list yeah we've got a couple we got a couple questions about like how do you make time to to read all the books but like specifically fitness like no it's not it's not a <laughs> do you even do lot, you even but... read bro jesus <laughs> Um, as far as making the time in a week, sometimes it just means like, you know, you take an hour or two a night and Susanna goes to bed earlier than me most of the time. So I just sit down and that's when I read. But when it's a long one, it's like, well, no, I'm not going to watch TV this week. Yep. And sometimes you it's ca- like, it pushes out other media first, I think. Yes. And sometimes it's like, well, I know I'm not doing anything Sunday, so I got time. And then you just don't do anything that day, um, which can sometimes be stressful. And that's when we when we talk about coming into episode hot, it usually means that we've spent that day reading the book until the very last minute. Um, did you? This is sidebar podcast yeah. sidebar. This is just for me and Craig. Did you read that? You read that article about the dogfish head guys like doing that low calorie beer because everybody who started the microbrew revolution is like 35 now and needs to drink less and eat better. I did not read that article. Okay. Well, there was an article like that. And so I got, there was like a multi-pack and it had this, it's like a 95 calorie IPA. This is what it looks like. Slight, slightly mightily. What is it called? Slightly mighty low cal IPA. Okay. Okay. I don't think it's very good. No. Most light beer is bad. I've never had a light IPA before, though. That's a I respect, mess. I respect the effort. Yes. And I wanted to like it, and I'm going to drink it because I have it. Well, that's how you I'm got just stuck here with to, it. This is, this is the beer review portion of the podcast. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> calories make stuff good. You can't just take them out. That's where the flavor lives. That's where the flavor lives. So, okay. that's there, All right. Sidebar is over. We can come back to the podcast now. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I do run, which I've talked about on the show, but that doesn't help me read. I just run. Um, 
how often the Chris asks, how often do the books you read affect you guys emotionally? I'm a bit of a crier, Chris says, but I know a lot of people who read in a more academic or detached way. I don't trying to think if a book I've read for the show has like while reading it made me emotional mad I think mad is we've definitely okay that's true books sometimes we have read books that have made us mad and angry um but no I I don't I will laugh sometimes if a book is funny not always out loud but um, sure but yeah I don't really I don't really cry that this is separate and I have become more weepy in the last like i don't know let's call it eight months (laughs) sure as i've had all kinds of weird sympathy hormones and like overwhelmed feelings but uh not not about books typically i i can remember in middle school reading the book across five aprils which is a civil war book and it was sad people were not alive at the end people were having family reunions and things and i just remember closing that book and just weeping in but I was still like a young adult and it had never happened before and I was very confused it was one of those like why tears why is this happening to me um so that was that was pretty emotional and I've I'm sure I've read books since that have have made me a little mm, a little weepy um Andrew while we're talking about beer, what's your favorite brewery in Philly? Go. This is also from Brian. I, I mean, I, I like Yards. I think they do good work. I'm not going to say that every Yards beer is my favorite beer, but they consistently do really good stuff. Their Spruce beer is a weird one that I have a soft spot for. Their Pink with a Y beer is a sort of gateway drug for sour beers i think if i'm recalling correctly which one yes, that is yes yes, yes and yes. you don't you'd always you, you can't go wrong with like a yards brow brawler or one of their like staple beers so victory summer love which i'm drinking right now is one of my favorite local beers and you do then like there, a summer love there is a um like small brewery in i guess media just outside the city called sterling pig and i like a lot of their ipas also we have I have friends who live down the road from them, and anytime we go out that way, I bring a growler to make sure that I can bring some home. Um, Spin asks if we've decided on a name for the baby. We do have a short list of names for each sex. But mm. man, do I actually want to read the baby? No, names on the you don't want it. You don't want to read the names. Just you okay. have names. Unless you're going to text your wife right now and ask her permission. I'm going to ask her permission. It's my baby, too. I'd do it. Uh-oh. <laughs> not a democracy. Andrew, why? This is from Amy. Thank you, Amy. Why do you always say try to be happy at the end of each show? Um, This dates back to... I think what which episode which episode number was Flowers for Algernon? It was like 20-something, I think. Is it that old? Yeah, Maybe. Oh, it's super old. Uh, let me just do, let me hit up the old search engine overdue podcast flowers for Algernon. Anyway, that book was like a episode 25. That book was, I enjoyed it a lot. Mm -hmm. I feel like the podcast was sort of kind of hitting a stride. Yes. Content wise, if not yet audio quality. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't remember why it's about, that's about the, like the guy who, 
is like smarter. He gets super smart and right, it like, like really he, bums got, him out. He's right? got some kind of kind of uh, mental uh, disability and then takes a experimental medical treatment that makes him super smart, so smart that he then starts to alienate people and feels like worse than he did before and mm. then it starts to wear off and so it's a big bummer at the end um and that just kind of came out organically from whatever conversation we were having yeah and and we had been i don't think we'd been like looking for a for an ending tag thing but we were you know we were receptive to finding one and that one just stuck for whatever reason yes 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 yeah um andrew you want to find another one from the list but meanwhile from chat kara asks um what do you all have planned for paternity leave do we have any fun guests lined up um with a shout out to our friend margaret um from whatever podcast you were talking about earlier um appointment television it's funny you really say, just feel like I've mentioned it a lot of times. It's weird. You say every time you try to tell me the name, my earbuds cut out and I can't uh-huh. hear the name of the show. It's really should weird. I, I'll send it to you in the chat, huh? Sometimes. Hmm. It's really I don't really know. Um yeah, we're probably gonna have some folks that you do a podcast with on at some point. Um <laughs> we are putting episodes in the can as well. Uh we that- do literally have a folder called the can. <laughs> <laughs> where finished episodes go it started I, as a joke but now it's yes real that's real um we have one or two other guests lined up i know we're gonna have laura on again she's gonna do a book with me at some point um and we don't obviously know when it's gonna happen so we're just trying to bank a couple that we can like hear that we need to start putting up those shows because andrew's unavailable and they'll start going up a lot, of, a lot of clamoring in the chat for our, our pals, Gwen and Frank, over yeah. at the Librarian is In slash New York Public Library. Uh, yeah, we'd love to do another one with them. We should we should reach out to them. I think like that, I have a really good time with them. I, I love all of our guests equally. They're like my children. But <laughs> we have a really good time with Gwen and Frank. We have a really good time with Natasha from Unspoiled. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. We did that, do and, yeah. That's we it. did an episode uh, with <laughs> Renata and Kate from Worst Best Sellers because oh, we were yes, yeah, we were yeah. on their show back. To do in a follow up to the secret. Yes, um, um, and so we recorded uh, a Becky Chambers episode with them that is in the can right now. So yeah, yeah, um, and it was it was super fun. I had a really good time. Yes. Do you have another question lined up, Andrew? Let's do a silly one. Oh, you want to do a silly one? Let's do do a silly one. From Gloria, you're having a private dinner party with five literary characters come to life. Who gets an invite? Uh, And I figured you and I could like collectively sort of answer this one. Okay, so you and I are throwing a dinner party. We are throwing a dinner party. What's for dinner? Pizza. Yeah, I knew it was going to be pizza because you make a good... Uh, pizza dough. You have a good recipe. You feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be the sommelier, and I will choose all the uh, pizza wines that we need. Right. This one's a red. Uh huh. For instance. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. This one is pink. Um, who do we have join us? What literary characters? Not authors. Literary. So, if the party's at nighttime, Dracula can be there. That Would sounds you want okay. Dracula there? 
okay, do we want someone from Twilight instead? Well, no, like, I don't know why you go right to vampires. Like, they're going to eat us. If you have Dracula there, he's going to swirl his wine around in his glass and then throw it on the ground before he fights us. So that's obviously not going to be great. Hmm. Um, Gloria asked a sub question. Whose brother-in-law did the Star Wars episode? That was Craig's brother-in-law, Eric, who is... Who has he and his wife have a baby that's due, I believe, five days before ours. <laughs> that's true. That's so, true. Probably not going to be available. But calls calls for Gatsby in the chat. I think we're building a list of people we don't want at our dinner. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, who don't you want? So I don't want I don't want Gatsby there. I don't want Holden Caulfield there, both because he's a big jerk and also because he's underage. Yep. Oh yeah, um, get out of here. All right. Who do we want there? Hermione. Not Harry or Ron, only Hermione. Only Hermione, true. And Done. we try to get her to dump him. <laughs> yeah. As we do every time we hang out with Hermione, we try to get her to dump Ron. Okay. Um, who? Trying to think who else I want there. Oh, what the um the kid from Skateboard Tough. The kid from Skateboard Tough would do cool skateboard tricks, also underage, but fine. Yeah, he sits at the kid table doing skateboard tricks. It's fine. Uh, Any characters from Infinite Jest? You brought that up earlier. Oh, Mario is super cool. Yeah. Is it Mario? Yeah. His brother? Yeah. Not the stinky brother? No, the good one. The good one is Mario. I would want to hang out with Mario. That would be rad. Mm -hmm. He's so nice. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay, anyone... Oh, does, like, Athena count? Can we bring Athena? Yeah, we get Athena there. I mean, if we're bringing in mythological creatures, I mean, I guess you did start with Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely Ayorek Bernison, the big oh, armored the bear? bear from okay. the, the Golden Compass. This is good. So we've got the bear from Golden Compass. Bear we've from got Golden Hermione. Compass. Hermione. Hermione. Athena. Uh-huh. Three. Skateboard tough Skateboard kid. Skateboard tough kid. <laughs> And let's bring Jay Gatsby. Let's bring Jay Gatsby. Bring a little of that chaos energy. Even in. though you know that he's going to be like the last person to leave and he's going to the worst. It's not. It was a good party. The worst time I ever had after a party was I went to a friend's party and there was a guy there who people barely knew and he got really drunk and then he wouldn't leave and he hadn't made plans to he had just been planning to crash there and so we had to like get him a hotel and then we had to to remove him and walk him to the hotel (sighs) so that sucked so that's gatsby's role um a lot of shout outs to the ghost train from the hit choose your own adventure book ghost train i think everybody's arriving on the ghost train i don't believe that a ghost train was in that book (laughs) another silly one andrew when this is from nikki uh, thank you, Nikki. When humans are no longer at the top of the species list, what animal or organism do you think will take our place? First of all, co- gotta be cockroaches, right? Yeah, I mean, first of all, are we at the top of the species list? Obviously. Okay. Um, cockroaches. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Do you think cockroaches would get like better at tools if we weren't around? They don't need to be good at tools. Like, we need tools. We need stuff to survive because we're soft and weak and gross. Uh-huh. Cockroaches are forever. They live wherever. They eat whatever. They're really hard to kill. So cockroaches. That's really what's going to keep them. That's really what's going to keep them around, I think. Yeah. 
Okay. Like they, they don't need nobody. Cockroaches are the ultimate libertarians. <laughs> now I want to know what cockroach art, cockroach art would be. I just want to know what kind of culture they have. Mm-hmm. But I'll never find out because I'm not a cockroach. Are there any, uh, you don't want to appropriate the cockroach? No, <laughs> I don't want to. Um, are there any questions from the chat that you're interested in? I haven't in? seen one. They're still talking about the party. Perhaps they're talking about the after party. Um, Albie suggests it's Christian Grey, which. <sighs> the no. problem with Christian Grey coming to your party. The one problem. Yeah, hit me. Is that he will have wished he was the one throwing the party. You know, like, I also don't need his energy, like, being near Hermione. That seems mean to her. I don't want that to happen. Well, and what, does he have a plus one? Does he bring Anna? Does she have the sex balls? Oh, my God, I can't. You have so many iPads at your house, Andrew. She'd just be walking around going, oh, like, my Whoa. God, an iPad. Holy cow, an iPad. <laughs> Look at all these iPads. She wouldn't be able to handle it. <laughs> Ugh. God, she's so clumsy too. She would, she, just... she would look at all my iPads. She would gawk at them, and then she would break them. It would be the worst. <laughs> my the floor would be littered with broken wine glasses and iPads. <laughs> Hit me with another Q A. That sucks. Um, <laughs> uh, is it too late to send you all a question? This is from Mandy. So that's the first. I'll let you answer that one first. No, it's not too late. Okay. Uh, follow up. I was wondering if you'd briefly let us in on a TV show slash movie slash music slash podcast slash game you're currently watching, listening to, playing, etc. What you're digging, what you think is cool about it. I just finished Chernobyl, and I really liked it. The show Chernobyl. Um, I didn't like the disaster. I liked HBO's television show Chernobyl. Yeah. Uh, I think it's well done. I understand that there are documented inaccuracies. There is also a companion podcast that Laura's been really into with the head writer talking to NPR's Peter Sagal, of all people. Um, Peter Sagal's the one you want to talk to about the Chernobyl nuclear disaster? (laughs) Um, You can show up and make a bunch of Justin Bieber jokes about your Chernobyl disaster. (laughs) He loves Justin Bieber jokes. (laughs) Apparently. Um, it's very good, and the guy is kind of really upfront about uh, what he's changed and why for like narrative reasons. And I just think it, it's just really gripping and kind of stunning television. And it, the thing I really liked about it overall is that be, it has a couple main characters, but it will also just like just tell you a story about a character in about two minutes. And then maybe you don't see that person ever again, but it just kind of drives home yet another like part of what it was like to live through that event. Um, That is all very impressive to me. Um, What do you got? What's your answer to this question? There are a couple different things. Um, We talked about, you know, on appointment television, we just posted an episode today about the show Fleabag by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. It's on Amazon. I don't know if you've seen that one. I have not yet. We have not made the time. I've made Laura not watch it because I wanted to make sure I could watch it. It so. seriously does go by so fast. And I know that telling you to do a thing does not... Sometimes it delays you doing the thing. Like when true. we were telling you to listen to Hamilton because we knew you would like it. And then you just didn't for like a year and a half. Yeah. No, it wasn't that long. It was you were really making long that time. part up. For five years, you didn't listen to Hamilton. 
Uh, so Fleabag's really good. Um, as far as games, uh, Baba's You is Baba's a puzzle very game good. for yep. Switch and for PC that we both really like. That's It's a game that's kind of about the rules of games, and it's to win the game, you have to change the rules to like set up a win condition. Yeah, it's very it's, cool. It's cool. It's all like visual logic in a weird way while you move a little sheepdog around. And then you and I started playing something last time we hung out called a Cadence of Hyrule. It's a Zelda game that's combined with this indie game called Crypt of the Necro Dancer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it's a yeah, it's it's an action game, like an exploration game. But you have to press the buttons to the rhythm, and the rhythm never stops. So it's 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 all about both like the standard video game stuff, like identifying patterns and then killing monsters. But also, you can't like lose the beat ever, or or you'll get whacked. So yeah, it's pretty good. That was good. Um, music wise, I've been listening to the Carly Rae Jepsen album "Dedicated" a lot, um, a lot. That's mostly what I've been listening to. <laughs> Um, if I need to mix it up and like read, I have been listening to the Jorge Rossi, Rossi vibes quintet for your modern jazz needs. Um, so you can, you can look those up. The Carly Jepsen album is way too good. It's just, mwah, it's very good. Oh yes. And, and Allegra says in the chat, listen to Lizzo. The Lizzo album is also very good. Um, Andrew. Oh, uh, when our friend Aaron was in town. Last week he turned us on to the Rose Wave playlists. Oh yes, yes, yes. The, the bossy dames have written about those. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's a it's all songs considered. Puts them out like every year, and there are three or four of them. And yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's got it's got Lizzo on it. That's why I thought of it. Oh sure, um, Andrew. I don't know that we have talked about this on previous episodes and some of our like method questions for the show, but. Aisha writes in, what is your reading process like now that you're a well-oiled machine or a well-oiled Odysseus? Um, <laughs> Wait, compared... was that her or was that you? She wrote that. Nice. Um, okay, good. I knew that how... was too funny and smart for it to be you. <laughs> uh, compared to how you read in the podcast early episodes, um, even though the non-reader tends to do the author introduction, does the reader also do research so that the book is read in context or do you prefer to read blind? And the thing I wanted to to get down to like drill down, because we've talked a little bit about this before, I think, do you, because I don't think I do any research about a book like before I start reading it. I almost like, do I do research before I start reading a book? Yes. Almost never. Yeah. 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 I'm for middle March, for middle March, I did because it was really dense and long <laughs> and like a lot of books from that era. And we've read, we've read a bunch of them and we've done a good job with some and we've done a bad job with others. But, <laughs> <laughs> Books of that era, like you just, it takes me probably the first like 10 or 15% of it to get into the, like the, just the voice of it and to kind of understand what's going on. So for, for middle March, I read its synopsis first because I needed to know, okay, this is just like a wall of words. What do I need to pay attention to? Sure. Sure. Um, but typically, no, I don't, I don't do author research beforehand. I will. For the context and, and understanding and stuff that you're that you're talking about, that comes later when I when I do author stuff. I I usually read author stuff for a book that I've read, but 
our convention at this point is for the person who didn't read the book to come in with more like written notes and like prepared to talk more during that section of, of things. Yes. Mostly to balance out literally who is talking. Um, and who's, and, and who's doing the work. Yeah. 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 But I, I think what we have both done more of in the back half of the catalog in the last two or three years is like find being more diligent about finding interviews, being more diligent about finding reviews, to help give the conversation some grounding so that it isn't just us opining all the time. Most of the time, but not all the time. Um, but yeah. Uh, anything, any questions you got tucked away, Andrew? Uh, Nikki asks, what book, what suggested book was the most surprisingly good read for both of you? Ooh, I might need to, I might need to like pull up the, the catalog of... real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Put put that one in your pocket. Let's come back to it. Okay. Uh. What else we got? This is another. This is back to your theater. Your theater background. Oh, my theater background. You love the theater so much. Um. This is from Abdul. Um. This question is directed mainly to Craig, but Andrew can get on it too. I'm good. <laughs> I'm set. So Craig can just answer this one. Um, do you have a list of five to 10 plays you really enjoyed and think people should check out? I'm not going to make you stick to a number, but are there, are there any that come to mind to answer this question? Yeah. Um, I would, as I said earlier, I really like Sarah rule. Um, you could go check out her Eurydice. I, I personally think it's her best work, but there are others that you could like as well. Um, what else? If you want to read some Greek, you could go check out any version of Philoctetes by Sophocles. I think Sophocles. Um, there's a version by Seamus Haney called The Cure at Troy that I really like. And that's like not as well known a Greek, but gets into some really interesting stuff in terms of how they treat veterans of war in that time period and in that mythos. I really like that. Um what are other play? I really like *The Pillow Man* by Martin McDonough, even though I don't know that I love all of McDonough's stuff since. Um, I like all of the stuff by Terrell Alvin McCraney. He's the guy who I think he—I don't know if he just won an award for *Choir Boys*, but it was just on the Tonys and it was really impressive. Um, and this gets to a, another question that somebody asked, like, "How do you find new reading material?" And I think this is like. Not just for the show, because we certainly have plenty of ways to find stuff for the show. Um, but I like to pay attention to various awards or best of lists every year, or also like the MacArthur Genius Grants is a place I actually like finding stuff I wouldn't otherwise learn about, like musicians and artists and critics. Um, I check those every year to be like, who is writing stuff that I should know about? Mm -hmm. Um I think, yeah, that's what I'll give you on plays, I think, okay. for now. Um, yeah, oh, like, as far as finding reading stuff, I don't know. I do, I do go to best of lists, like, especially if we are trying to fill out a month and we need, like, okay, we need something by a, a woman or a, or a person of color to, like, balance out a bunch of white dudes or we need something short to balance out a couple of long ones. I do, like just searching for lists of stuff that people have made like the New York times top 10 list every year is consistently got interesting stuff on it. I forget where I found 
um, The Power by Naomi Alderman, but that oh, was yeah, one, yeah, yeah. one that I was really on enjoyed. Barack Obama's list, actually, uh, oh, at least one year, I know. Barack Hussein Obama, interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, as far as books, suggested books that I really liked, um, I really did, I loved Spinning Silver. Oh yeah, you did, and that was a that, that was one. I actually ended up buying my mom that for uh, for Christmas that year because it's my go to gift for my mother. And listen, I I assume she reads them. Maybe she doesn't. I don't really. I'm not really interested in knowing <laughs> if she doesn't. But that's one of the ones I bought her last year. Like the the I'll, I'll go through our whole list of stuff that I read and and stuff that stuck out to me. I'll buy and give to her. So yeah, Spinning Silver I really loved. Um, a, like The Name of the Wind is a book that obviously I should have come to. Like it's right in my wheelhouse. But I did really enjoy it. And I was both surprised and upset to learn that it was not a finished series. Oh, sure. Yep. <laughs> um, um, and I, I really it was Cersei a recommendation. I mean, I was planning on reading it anyway. It was but not. Man, that I, was a that was a good dang book. I don't think that was a Patreon recommendation as much as when we started doing Stop Homer Time. A whole bunch of people were like, "Yo, Cersei." Yeah. Um, books I would say from the Patreon list. Um, Never let me go was one that I really liked and ended up getting another one of his books for my mother-in-law, actually, speaking of Mm -hmm. turning podcast books into gifts. um, I also really liked The Book Thief, which is a book that I knew nothing about until it was recommended to us, even though I probably should have known about it. Um, Someone in the chat asked, who was it? Mandy asked about Hadestown. I've listened to a little bit of Hadestown. I'm behind on that train also. Um, It's good. So far, from what I can tell, but I can also tell from the recording I've listened to that, like, I would probably feel way more strongly about it if I had seen it. I'm just um, imagining, like, a theater reviewer writing on Deadline, like, <laughs> as far I haven't finished it yet, but, like, it seems pretty good from what I can tell. Yeah. Definitely oh, see it. Here's a play that people should know about. It's called Red Velvet. It is about the first... Uh, Red Velvet Cake. It is about the first black man to play Othello in England. Um, uh, what? Who is the playwright? Um, Lolita Chakrabarty. We did it at my theater like a year or two ago. It's super powerful. It's very, very good. It's like impressively intersectional in its themes of kind of marginalization in work. Um, yeah, people should take, if someone's doing that play in your area and you haven't heard that bad people are in it, you should go see it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I would say. Um, any other questions from the chat while I was looking stuff up, Andrew? Um, more of a comment than a question. Brian says NPR's book concierge is a great place for book recommendations. And I, I, I knew that of course already, but yeah, well, thank you for telling me I wanted to make sure that everyone else also knew it. I, I think that hasn't Margaret written a. I think so. For that, at some point, I think um, so for sure. Yeah, she she does all sorts of stuff. It's hard to keep she track. Did, yeah, it's she's she's quite busy. Um, Andrew, we probably have time for one or two more. One from the chat, um, y'all. This is from Emily. Um, y'all are both really politically informed. How do you stay informed and aware? Any tips or resources for doing that efficiently? Andrew, keyword efficiently. <laughs> do you have tips for not. <laughs> For paying less attention to it, yeah, that's the tough um, part, right? Not that no, and and like disengaging is is part of the problem. Like people just don't want to think about it because it seems so bad, and it is so bad. Like the just our level of discourse is 
we are at we are in the cycle where people are just like willfully misinterpreting yeah the thing that keeps happening right now right this second in time is people keep because we we speak in metaphor like that star trek next generation episode right yeah chaco when the walls fell so the fun thing to do is to take Pemba someone who is obviously wide. speaking a metaphor and to accuse them of speaking literally and then to let that be the discourse for a week. So that sucks. Chaka wants to knock down every wall. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are, man, I wish that uh, Charlie Warzel still did. Um, he has his, a newsletter at the Times, though. Yeah, he, he, he has stuff at the Times that, that's really good about mostly about like digital privacy and stuff. He used to do one about um, about like the the right wing like news ecosystem that I found really both discouraging, but also really was that um, for BuzzFeed? informing. Yeah, he, that, he did that while he was at BuzzFeed. I don't know if okay. that was part of his official thing. Sure. Um, but yeah, Charlie Warzel does really good work. Um Casey Newton at The Verge does a really good newsletter about like tech and privacy stuff. Like th- this is at the if you're talking about politics, like there are a lot of places to get information, but for me, for like my interest in the job I do, like tech is driving so much of what is going on and like what is wrong with the with the discourse. Yeah, that's a good point. Because you've got these you've got these platforms that were built to encourage people to just stick to them and watch them. It doesn't matter what, and it doesn't matter what the effect of that is. It's just like engagement is the most important thing. And so you're just trying to get people to sit there and and stay there. And the, the conversation happening around, okay, can these platforms adequately self police? Is there enough like concentrated political will to do anything about it? can we do anything about it at this point? Or are we just like kind of sown the seeds of our own destruction by connecting everyone to everyone else with a little pocket computer? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That, and then get a, get like a Washington post subscription, get a New York times subscription. I work at wire cutter, but I don't see any revenue from the New York times. I don't think so. I can probably say that. Right. Support your local paper. If you have one, uh, and, if you like use social media regularly, follow some actual like reporters from that paper. That's something that I have used to learn a lot more about what's going on in Philly. You're better on local politics than I am by like a site, and I wish that that I was. But yeah, it's local journalism is in a tough is in tough shape right now. And if you don't have somebody who's gonna show up to like city council meetings and just like record what happens, yep. then they can do whatever they want is the is the yep. upshot of and that. for me the the thing about staying involved uh in local politics and some of the, a lot of that is just following people who are like state representatives on Twitter because those are people who will still tweet what they think and feel about things because the stakes aren't as high, right? Like they will yeah. still yell about sports and they will still like comment on national news but through a local lens um for me that is a way to manage my agita and anxiety about national politics by channeling it into like local change so find local sources find local organizations that are doing work you support and like either get involved directly or just see what they're saying and see what they're up to because like i knew about direct action happening at a fossil fuel plant in South Philly the other day because of a Facebook video. And like, right. I don't love Facebook, but I was following an organization that I approve of and like, so. Yeah. And, um, um, 
I guess last last thing is if you are going to make a donation to any place, like one-time donations are great. Do it. Like anything helps. If you are going to donate to a cause that you believe in, try yep. and even if you have to donate less, try and make it a recurring thing because yeah. people can do better work when they can't plan for how much money they are going to have. So that's just a little, that's a little obvious money raising tip for me to you. <laughs> Um, I think we can close out with this, Andrew, from okay. Joanna. Um, my husband is a longtime listener, but I actually just started binge listening to your podcast on a road trip with my two-year-old. I listened to the What to Expect episode and started wondering what five books, again, I won't hold you to a number, Andrew, children or adult, are you most looking forward to reading to or introducing to your kiddo? Congrats, by the way. Thanks, Joanna. You got the the standbys like where the wild things are is a big one. Um, mm. I bought a very nice hardcover copy of Madeline. Oh yeah, in that uh, bookstore in New Orleans that we went to. Um, I really have a soft spot for a lot of those Sesame Street books. The one I I think I've probably talked about before is um, there's a monster at the end of this book, which is the one where it's a book about Grover, and he's warning you. There's a monster at the end of this book. Stop turning pages, please. I beg of you, for the love of God, stop turning the pages. And then you get to the end, and the monster is Grover. Oh, and it's the and and the illustrations, like the the barricades that Grover tries to build in the book to get you to stop turning pages, are very very funny. And then it's a funny ending. That's so cool. that's a good one. Um, and also you- just like Ernie's big mess was was a, <laughs> always a favorite because Ernie was very messy, and that was. That was me also. Are I you going to try and are you and Sue's going to try and make sure your kid likes Lord of the Rings? I mean, eventually that seems a little, I don't know if they, probably they do make, I don't know, like little just, kid board books of Lord just, of the Rings now. <laughs> just wait until they're like eight or nine and like read the Hobbit to them. Yeah. I See mean, how that's what goes. my mom did with me, but sure. Oh, what is Graham's question? Graham is wondering what. Um, oh, I know what Graham asked. What did Graham ask? Um, for while while I find Graham's question, Andrew, who is taller? This is from Megan. Who is taller, you or me? Me. Yeah, very easy. You've always been taller. Um, Graham wanted to know. I've always been how, taller. And I've always been older. How early? Older, or- wiser, and more experienced. God. Handsomer. Better computers. <laughs> better computers i mean that's factually true it's just a it's weird, all factually true weird thing to say about yourself in your bio on your baseball card better computers hits more triples yeah better computers he him um graham wanted to know how early slash late do i have to get my tweet to be mentioned on the end of the show again like the good old days graham here's the deal <laughs> I pull those regularly, and I try to space it out over the course of a week, but I have tried to limit how many names I say on a given episode because our audience has. Uh, This is not a humble brag. It is me being grateful. It has gotten bigger than I can read every name uh, on a weekly basis. I just want Um, you to know that Craig took it upon himself to have that be his job. I never do it. I have no insight into how he does it. It's all him. So if you're happy or mad about it, it's all Craig's fault. Now, now what I try to do mm-hmm. is folks who engage with us regularly, I try to like rotate you through 
And sometimes when it's your turn, you just haven't tweeted at us that week. <laughs> That's not. It's very so ad hoc. The, be- the best thing you can do is tweet at us like 6.01 a.m. on Monday morning. Just get on that list first. It's like riding the good roller coasters at Cedar Point. You just need to get in line first. And it also, it sometimes depends on like what ideas I have for posting stuff throughout the week. Uh, and if I don't have that many, then we don't get as many responses. <laughs> and then there's less names to say. Um, but we do read literally all of them. And it's really wonderful to get all your messages throughout the week. Thank you so much. Uh, I think that is going to do us, Andrew. Is there any other questions you want to answer real quick? <sighs> no. do, you have any, do you have any questions for me? I don't have any questions for you. Are Oh, there was one more question from Cheryl. Please tell me that once Andrew is a dad, you're still planning to make podcasts. Sad to say, no, this is it. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Breaking news. Just kidding. Yeah, we're still going to do podcasts. Yeah, well, they're going to help pay for that baby. I expect to have like every intro for the next 18 years, like 18 to 22 years is going to be some anecdote about this kid that we're having. So yeah, I'm going to have to make up a kid to compete. Obviously, yeah. Man. This is just another way in which you're behind me. <laughs> Better computers. Better computers, more kids. <laughs> uh, if you, like Graham, want me to say your name on air, you can uh, hit us up on social media <laughs> at twitter.com, slash overduepod, or facebook.com, slash overduepod. You could also email us at overduepod at gmail.com. We do read all those. We try to respond to most of them. Sometimes there's a big old lag time because it's about a specific book and we'll get there. Thank you for those messages. Um, Andrew, folks want to know more about the show, where should they go? Overduepodcast.com. It's our internet website. Up there we have links to iTunes and Google Play and RSS. Uh, Spotify is also a thing we're available on that a lot of people are finding us on these days. And I'm very thankful that we're, I feel weird about their weird closed ecosystem, but that doesn't mean I'm not happy to be in it. (laughs) Yeah, there's no like review system, is there? There's no review system, and I don't know. I still don't think individual podcasts can just apply to get in it. Like we're in it because Headgum's in it, so I don't know. Like thanks, thanks to our network, Headgum. Thanks for keeping the lights on, everybody. We don't thank you enough. Um, But Um, most of all, Andrew, thanks to whom? Who made this bonus episode happen? Oh, patrons, the nice people who give us money so I can pay for daycare for this kid that I keep talking about. Yep, 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 yep. Um, if you want to join their ranks, go to patreon.com slash overdue pod. That's how some folks joined us in the chat. Thank you, chat, for being here and for making us laugh as we make you laugh. <laughs> you know what they say, Andrew? Try to be happy. Is that it? I don't know. Is it? Yeah, try to be happy. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.